0: All right, this episode of the podcast, I was a guest on the Taekwondo Daddy podcast with my friend Logan Ramirez. We discuss martial arts, maintenance of the body, just basic take-home points. So enjoy this episode of the podcast. Welcome to the Broken to Unbroken podcast with Dr. Nick Askey, where we dive deep into how to eliminate pain and continue to train.
1: All right, thanks for joining me, Nick. How are you, sir?
0: Great man, great man. Happy Friday.
1: Again, I feel like I should refer to you as Dr. Askey. Is that- I
0: was, I was Nick. Well, before I was Dr. Askey, so <laughs> the kids yeah. perfect.
1: Hey, so real quick, say who you know who you are and like what you what you're doing professionally, and and set the framework here for why I I wanted to speak to you about this topic.
0: All right. Well, I'm Nick Askey. I grew up in South Central Wisconsin, a very, very small town. Uh, It's called Baraboo. Our claim to fame is we have the Circus World Museum and we're in the Johnny Cash song right after Waterloo. Uh, I went to University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's great to go to a great college sports town. I got into chiropractic school and I went to Palmer College of Chiropractic and Davenport, Iowa. Uh, that school is known as the Fountainhead. Uh, it's where chiropractic started in 1895. And it's the largest chiropractic school. Um, 25% of all practicing chiros uh, graduated from Palmer Davenport. So we're kind of a big deal. Man, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and then made my way to a um, which is a obnoxiously long acronym for the name of our company. Uh, because we have more acronyms than the military. It stands for <laughs> Applied Integration for the Rapid Recovery of Soft Tissue Injuries. Uh, I was the first new grad that Aroste hired. Uh, and I think my only saving grace is I own my own business in grad school, so they knew I wasn't lazy, and they knew I knew how to work. Yeah. So they gave me a chance to interview, and I must have said some of the right things.
1: And here you are. Yeah. You know, I've I've seen the, there's a banner at Trinity. I was at a volleyball game last night and it says, you know, Rusty, um, we heal pain fast. I think it's what it says.
0: We fix pain fast.
1: We fix pain fast. Yeah. How long has that been? Have I missed Is It always been the slogan. Or is that like the last two, three years?
0: Uh, The original slogan when I started was it was don't stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, And our tagline was we stop pain. So pain doesn't stop you. Yes. That's what I remember. So it's it's really when I started, our marketing was like our business cards were different colors than our folders, and then our marketing team really got a hold of the branding and really made everything congruent with messaging and and our marketing materials all looking like they weren't designed by someone in an alley. So they look yeah. great now.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's I mean? I was just reading. I was like, ah, it's uh, four words, four syllables, like boom, that's, that's what you do. We fix pain fast or we fix pain fast. Yep. Yeah. And I am a big fan, um, have been for a long time, um, just because I played football and, and, uh, years ago, a friend of mine was told me about it and I got treated for a hamstring and, and was running, you know, within a couple of treatments back to almost a hundred percent just couldn't, couldn't believe it. Um, and so we've, we've become friends now
0: and, and, um, tell me, let's just tell me about your, your, your blog and your podcast. So I started, uh, with a lot of your help and I appreciate that, uh, broken to com, And my original vision was, it started off with my Instagram account, just, I had a couple doctors and a couple patients just going, hey, can you explain that in a little more detail? And if anyone has known me for more than 30 seconds, they know that I hate email and I hate writing stuff out, uh, which is kind of ironic that I start a blog. But I started making videos, just one-minute videos, of explaining all these things that I get very common questions about in the clinic. And people ask me to explain over and over again are things that I just, I can say in my sleep because I explain it to the majority of the people that I encounter during the day. And I wanted to put that information out there just to add value to people and put it out in a way that isn't all churched up with Latin terminology that people can't understand to kind of bridge the gap between people that hide behind these $5 words and they're up on the pedestal behind their initials and their board certifications mm-hmm. and the people that they are paid to serve and help uh, just to bridge that gap and make sure that we're, we're speaking the same language and in explaining things in analogies and metaphors and using pop culture and making it fun and understandable. And because a patient that's educated is really uh, a, a patient that is going to be a better participant in their own care. They're going to be better at being their own doctor. They're, they're going to refer patients to you because you're different than the other doctors that try and talk over you. And I wanted to put that out in a public area. So it wasn't just confined to the people that were paying me to take care of them.
1: Yeah, it's great. And, and I think it's working and I'm I was just checking out right now. You have to 769 followers on Instagram, which you can find Nick at kick which um, is his actual name, so I don't have to mark yes. the explicit uh, tag when I post this pop, this podcast. Um, good, but that exact reason, man educating yourself and we fix p- pain fast is why I wanted to get you on to talk about how we as martial artists can deal with pain so we can continue to train um, and and uh, which is you know directly from your broken, unbroken um, you know slogan. Um, so, so, you know, as you know, I'm doing Taekwondo, it's a lot of legwork, a lot of kicking. I mean, I come home with sore, I've got sore more than I ever have before. And and I think, um, Taekwondo is expediting that along with age. Um, and my, my child, my nine-year-old hasn't really, you know, they bounce back, whatever, but, but I want to, I've been thinking about man, is there a routine I should get in? Like when I'm done? I just come home, kind of plop on the couch and relax, maybe throw some ice on something. But is there a routine? Should I be thinking, okay, I just worked out for an hour. Let's assume is a sparring class. You know, is there something in your opinion, is there something that everybody should go home and just do or, or right there in, in the dojo do before they leave to really um, minimize and, or maximize their recovery time?
0: So a couple points here, and we use foam rolls a lot and I when I st- first started coaching running up in Austin, I came up with the, the the terminology, you can use a foam roller to prepare and repair your tissue. So your, your pre-workout rolling should be hitting your problem spots. Like, oh, okay, I always have this knot in my left quad, and then my right calf is always knotted up because of maybe your your directional preference in your kicks or your strong side and you just go after and you you kind of hunt for those problem areas. And if you foam roll more than five times, you're going to know, okay, this one's never sore. So you kind of just ignore that and go after the areas that you know are going to be problematic. And then the repair, like your cool down foam rolling, you just kind of do a general like lactic acid squeegee and you just do three or four passes through every muscle group just to get things moving. And a lot of people, they, they really neglect the cool down either due to time or they're not really understanding what it does, but a low intensity cool down after a workout is really going to help mitigate some of that soreness. And a lot of times you're not going to feel the knee pain or the ankle pain or the foot pain until the adrenaline and those natural endorphins from the workout wear off. So it's just safe that if you've been dealing with an injury in the last couple of weeks, or the last month, you go home and you just preventatively ice that area because that is going to uh, minimize that post-exercise soreness that you get when you're laying in bed or two hours later, or that what I like to call hangover pain that morning after soreness. If you're just on top of things, that's going to really help. And I like ice over ibuprofen or Motrin or Aleve. Because there is research to show that if you take those over-the-counter NSAIDs after weight training or exercise, you can eliminate the hypertrophy and muscle gains that you get from the workout because it will totally blunt the inflammation that is necessary to get muscle growth.
1: Wow. Glad you shared that. No, I had no idea. Um, and is that tied to, you mentioned aspirin, ibuprofen, isn't there another one? acetaminophen? Are those all... Is it pie to all of those? Yeah, any, any, any? of
0: the NSAIDs. Uh, so basically all the over-the-counter stuff except for Tylenol. And I'm not a huge fan of Tylenol because it is the the leading cause of acute liver failure in the U.S. Uh, and... and there are some clinicians that prescribe it on the, in an orthopedic realm because people have kidney or ulcer issues, and it's the only over-the-counter medication that they can handle without adverse side effects. But I tell people, like, ice is like a spot shot. Like, the, the NSAIDs will affect your whole body, but if you have a specific area that's inflamed, you might as well have a sniper-specific approach to having an anti-inflammatory effect directly in that local area local area rather than this body-wide approach
1: you know, you betcha H- how do we maximize ice like i know i've gotten ice burn by just using like a ziploc bag and and one you know one roll of uh you know, like a, a kitchen towel um is there you know is there what do you think like-
0: the the main areas that i see uh that we get ice burns are when you're compressing ice directly on the skin or on the heel because people can put their foot directly on ice and they get a lot of compression. Uh, for the knee, the easiest thing is just to take a dress sock that's on its last leg, cut the toe off, and then slide that thing up on your knee. And it'll provide a, a, a small barrier to the skin. But I have enough ice packs in my house to cause marital strife. So I have these things called freeze sleeves. They're like a compression sleeve that can go around a knee, an elbow, a forearm, a calf. And the whole inside of it, 360 degrees Mm -hmm. around, is compression with ice inside. So those are really a, a nice set it and forget it. Like come home, pull it out of the freezer, pull it on, and then you go cook dinner, take care of your kids or whatever you need to do. You don't really have to lay down to ice.
1: Yeah, that's great. In fact, I remember one of your my favorite videos I saw of you was the idea of putting an ice pack on your neck while you're driving to work. Yep. I thought that was a really good reason to choose an ice pack over um, straight-up ice because I think that would invariably leak all over my car.
0: Yeah, and the, as athletes, we're used to the old, like, Mueller bags with just, like, the, the nugget ice, and that's just what yeah, we're right. trained yeah. to do. But people that wear shirt and tie to work or people that – they, they can't just sit down and pause life to ice. You have to give them ways that they can be resourceful and creatively multitask so they can ice while they're doing their, their household chores or they're doing their own work or they're commuting to work so that they'll actually be compliant with that recommendation.
1: Yeah, you bet. it's great. So um, I, I, w- one of the things I'm thinking about is if you can afford to buy um, some, some gadgets um versus just putting ice in a bag it's probably worth it you know assuming you know maybe we can talk later and you can make some recommendations i could put them on the the show notes but um there are some gadgets that are better just because it's going to be a better treatment The, the the sniper example you talked about is that true
0: yeah and when i'm recommending anything to somebody I'm more likely to recommend a fancy icing device if I anticipate that this is going to be something chronic or it has been something that the person has been dealing with for a long period of time that I know that this is still going to be there by the time that device shows up in the mail. I don't want someone to go out and buy something that costs them $60 that by the time they get it, it's useless for them. If it's just an acute calf strain and it's the first time they've ever had one, just get a gel ice pack for eight bucks from Walgreens and ace bandage that thing when you have a long dress sock on and that'll take care of it.
1: Okay. So foam roll to pre and repair. Um, so, you know, get a foam roller hit problem spots. Uh, what are some alternatives to foam rolling if someone doesn't want to buy a $30 kind of roller? Um, I've seen like PVC with duct tape. That seems a little hard, harsh,
0: but, um, You can use PVC. You can use, I like those training softballs from Academy. They're like Mm. the hard rubber. They usually sell them in a three-pack at Academy, and I like using the single one for digging into hamstrings, hips. Uh, And then you can tape two of them together to kind of form a peanut, and you can roll your thighs, your low back, your calves. That's kind of my go-to travel roller. Uh, You can also just use your old-fashioned like dynamic warm-up stretches like I beforehand I like a good dynamic warm up. I don't like to use a whole lot of static stretching. Um especially if you have to activate that muscle during activity. It's one thing with uh the groin and hamstrings with taekwondo, but it's quite another if we're trying to stretch the ankles out of a basketball player. The studies show that if you do a bunch of like a a 60 second calf stretch against the wall or on a stair, it will decrease the vertical leap of a basketball player for a a couple of hours. And you don't want to do that with a high level athlete rather than giving them, let's say some side shuffles, some lunge with a twist, uh, some lateral lunges, just your dynamic warm up, like stuff that you did on the football field in college and in high school. That's good. The, um,
1: I was thinking about how do you, you know, we've talked about load before and like, you're trying to work work through pain. How, how, how can one know like, Hey, I, I should probably lay off this versus power through it.
0: So I have a couple of guidelines and one of them is, let's say you have to do 10 repetitions of something and. The, the first repetition is an eight out of 10 pain. And the second repetition is a five and the third repetition is a two. And the fourth repetition is a one or a zero. That's you warming up. That's you loosening up. As long as the pain level goes down with subsequent reps, you're okay to continue. But if it's eight, 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 hmm. we can't expect the fifth one to be a zero. Yeah. So Another guideline is I tell people they have to pay attention to the quality of pain during the activity. So our dull, achy, throbbing, fatigue, those are okay pains to push through as long as they're under about a four. But the sharp, stabbing, shooting, radiating, nervy pains are ones that we have to kind of respect no matter how intense they are, just because that tells us that we're dealing with a more acutely inflamed structure. Um, What... Are the most common injuries you've seen for for martial artists so i know with jujitsu i see a ton of necks from the submissions i see a lot of elbows from arm bars yeah. and um uh, the kimuras and like all of the the different submissions i see a lot of ankles from like the the leg locks the, the ankle locks the achilles locks uh with taekwondo i see a lot of feet uh, a lot of plantar fasciitis because mm. you're you're on the balls of your feet constantly. Uh, I also see a lot of knees, and I see a lot of knees with the mechanism of injury being: I went for this kick and I missed mm. because there was not an impact to absorb the energy, so all of it went into the knee and usually hyperextends it, and you're just cracking the whip on your own joint.
1: So don't miss, right? I mean, that's the takeaway. Yeah. That, like, hit your target, and yep. it's not non-issue. Uh, that's good. So then, with what about? I mean, plantar fasciitis. I think I, think I had that once when I switched from uh, like running to fl- running from traditional shoes to to barefoot running. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember if I saw you with it, but I I remember like you rolling on a golf ball, um, and and stretching. Is that are those people who are dealing with feet pain? uh, and this is, this is the one where, again, if, I, if I'm right in the morning, it hurts and then it gets okay throughout the day. Is that plantar fasciitis?
0: Yeah. Plantar fasciitis is usually most symptomatic. Like the first few steps in the morning, you don't even want to put your heel on the ground. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and, or if you've been seated for like a movie or you were in a three hour meeting, like it hurts for like four or five steps. And then the more you walk around on it, the less it hurts. Uh, because it loosens up. That's pretty textbook plantar fasciitis. It can either be in the arch or the heel. And the big things that we recommend are we teach people how to strengthen the internal muscles of the foot because the more the muscles can handle the load, the less passive load gets transferred onto the plantar fascia. Uh, we work a lot on ankle mobility, uh, what we call dorsiflexion. It's like reverse ballerina pointing, it's like toes up towards your nose. Okay. Uh, like stretching your calves uh, because the Achilles is pretty, it's continuous in a, what we call a fascial chain or an anatomy train. It's in the same chain of tissue as the plantar fascia. So Mm -hmm. martial arts is kind of a double whammy or Taekwondo is because you're on the balls of your feet. Therefore your heel isn't really touching the ground. And that's the only time that your calves are allowed to kind of deload for a split second.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I can visualize exactly what you're saying. Um, one of the things you said was about, Hey, we, we focus on strength training. So typically and this is one of the things I've really appreciated about Arasti, and specifically about you is your education on, Hey, you have this pain over here, but we actually want to do these other things which are seemingly unrelated to the pain so that we can ultimately fix the root cause and get you back, back healthy. Um, more. So with that in mind, Um how can I mean I feel like no lay person like myself, when my knee hurts, I don't think about my quads or my calves. So are there ways that people like some general guidelines that um hey, you know, if your if your knee hurts, um you need to also roll your calves and your quads, you know, or something like that. You
0: know? And if your your pain is around your kneecap it's a pretty safe bet that you need to roll your quads which are the big muscles in front of your Mm -hmm. in the front of your thigh and they're they tend to be pretty gnarly in people who do a lot of kicking because that's a quad dominant activity um the the only real way to tell if your calves are a problem is to put a measuring tape or a five inch piece of tape next to the wall and you put your toes at the end of that tape and you keep your whole foot flat on the floor and you try and push your knee to the wall without lifting your heel off the ground. And if you're having a hard time getting your knee to the wall with your foot five inches away from it, um, and it's reproducing your knee pain, then, you know, you need to roll your, your calves.
1: Good. Well, I, I won't, I won't, uh, feel like i can keep going into the weeds and you give away all your secrets and you won't care and, uh-huh. and um, yeah and i know but i don't want to take advantage of too many deep in there what I, I again i want to try to keep this one short so some big takeaways here right foam roll seems to be like a magical tool Ice seems to be a magical tool. Is there a third one? Like a third? Um, you know, things come in great groups of threes. You would say foam roll, ice, and strength, like strength conditioning. Yeah, just like, um,
0: having a good physical foundation because there's a difference between sport-specific training and what we call GPP or general physical preparedness. And there's there's a lot of a uh, lot to be said for these multi joint movements like. Uh, pulling, pressing, squatting, deadlifting, kettlebell swinging—that they're just—they're involving almost every joint in the body. They're not these muscle isolation um, bicep curl exercises that you don't get much bang for your buck, and that will give you a, a much greater general physical preparedness. And one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Ripito, and he says, "Stronger people are harder to kill, and they're generally more useful." <laughs>
1: Um. Good. All right. So, so um, I, I, what I don't do is recap. And again, I, my hope is we'll do more of these kind of quick ones. But my my big takeaway I'm learning, and why I wanted to bring you on and share with parents and martial arts students and instructors, is that it feels irresponsible. Of now that I know, now that I'm a little more educated about um con- about um uh, these um conditioning things afterward after working out and even dealing with pain, I feel Uh, like when I'm not icing or not rolling, I feel like I'm actually neglecting my body, um, particularly because I've engaged in physical activity. Like I've chosen to do martial arts, but I think anybody who signs up for martial arts doesn't also say, okay, I need to also now set a time for set aside time for martial arts. And now I've got to set aside time to, you know, to uh, do body maintenance. But do you think that's true? Everybody should be doing this.
0: Yeah. I'd tell people it, it's like brushing your teeth and taking a shower. This is your fascial muscle and tendon hygiene. And if you neglect it, you know, just like taking your car to the shop, like if you haven't taken it to the shop, you haven't changed the oil, you're gonna have a huge bill if you don't do any preventative or scheduled maintenance because there'd be like this wore out because you didn't do this and that wore out because you didn't do that and you didn't change the oil. So now you need a new motor. So this is your preventative maintenance for your body, and if you can do it yourself and it's free and it's easy and it's not miserable to do, and you can do it in 12 minutes a day, there's not really any downside to it.
1: Perfect. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's, again, the big message I wanted to get with this episode is you can deal with pain. You can continue to train. You just have to get a little more educated, get these few tools in place. And I think it's going to make a world of difference in your training. So, Nick, thank you for joining me. I'll let you know what the next one we're going to do. And if you want to learn more about what Nick's doing, again, you can follow him on Instagram at kickaskey, A-S-K-E-Y, or check out broken to Unbroken dot com or reach out to a com and set up a session and uh go 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 uh, get help from a professional if you're really hurting out there